What is going on, everybody? We got a nice Sixers collab coming with you today. Some nice Sixers talk. RB here, Philly Tig with RB in the building. We also got DJ Eastwood run it back Philly. What's your uh, what's your catch line? Philly Philly sports talk. Period. Right. Philly. Honest Philly sports talk. Period. Yeah. Honest Philly I'm sports trying, talk. Yeah. Period. I'm trying to get something that rolls off the tongue, gets the point across. Yeah. I don't know. I'm working. I love on it. it. I love it. Hey, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. We all we already got 50 people up in here. We are live on two channels, Philly Take with RB and Run It Back Philly. Be sure to like on both, subscribe to the channels. We're going to be talking some Sixers and Knicks uh, preview chat today, and we're also going to talk some Sixers trade deadline talks. What's going on, everybody in the chat? Uh, DJ, let me uh, first, and first and foremost, let me get your thoughts. It's been a while. I appreciate you coming on here and talking with me. Yeah, um, it's... Uh, it's been a little while, but hey, Sixers are rolling right now. They got the Knicks coming in tonight. First and foremost, um, you know, did you see the game last night, Knicks and Nets? And uh, if so, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I did watch it. I wasn't going to watch it. I was I was actually playing Xbox and I was checking the score. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to put this on. I, I bet on the Knicks at halftime because I know how the Nets defense works. And I know, uh, I know Julius Randle's a, a bucket getter this year. and He's no joke anymore. You know what I mean? Um, and they made it, they, they came all the way back and made it a game at the end and ended up folding at the end. Uh, some people think it's questionable calls from the referees. I don't know if any, if people didn't see it, basically they were, the, the Knicks were down. They had a lot of chances that they blew, right? Uh, um, Alec Burks had some wide open threes that would have made it a really close game that he just bricked. Uh, Julius Randle came down and they were down by three with five seconds left. And he tried to pull a three and Kyrie got his hand on the ball. And he came down, and they called a travel. Um, technically, that's not a travel. You know what I mean? It's an open play. But either way, I don't think he was going to make the shot. And if you let Kyrie Irving, of all people, get a hand on the ball, you deserve to lose. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Make a better play. Yeah. But no, it, I was mad because I, I was about to win a lot of money on that upset, and it, <laughs> they didn't pull it off. But no, hey, I, I, I think it. I think it. I think it. Uh, I think it told me that that the Knicks. I already knew they weren't a joke this year, but yeah, it definitely cemented the fact that the Knicks are no longer a laughing stock, or maybe the Nets aren't as good as we think. Yeah, and the Sixers got the Knicks coming in tonight, and we'll definitely talk about that. But um, going back to that travel call, so you said that it wasn't a travel, right? Because Kyrie got his hand on the ball. I yeah. I watched them play like ten to twelve times now, and I I still don't know because the rule book I think states if you get a hand on the ball and you lose possession, or I think if it comes loose at all, uh, then it's, you know, it's not a travel. And that's the thing with me. I, I don't know if it is because he came down. He didn't really lose the ball. Um, now, again, Kyrie got his hand on it. Did he lose possession technically? I, I don't know. But a lot of Knicks fans were heated about it. There were bad calls down the stretch, but I, I don't know, man. Um, right, so that's the thing. Like they, they, they made a bad call a couple plays before that, and they ended up jumping up, may, calling it a jump ball, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, RJ Barrett got his hand on the ball and it was a clear jump ball and they called a foul and they had to challenge it, review it. They said, okay, jump ball. But then they let, they let the Nets pick who they want to jump instead of RJ Barrett versus, uh, Joe Harris. It was whoever they choose. And we're like, what the hell? You called it a jump ball. Now the two players that were in the jump ball situation, aren't the ones jumping up for the ball. So I didn't understand that in the first place. And then, yeah, the last one, I didn't really... I guess I, I was like, well, you lost the game. You folded. I didn't really care too much about the call. Um, but I think if you jump to shoot the ball and somebody touches it and you don't lose possession, it's a jump ball. So that yeah. really should have been another jump ball. And there was only five seconds left. So who really yeah. knows? I, the thing I will say about it, and it's, of course, going to be very controversial, you know, a, a call like that game on the line uh, per se. But the thing that I don't understand is didn't the Knicks just win a challenge, right? So I don't understand the rule how, for, first off, if you win your challenge, how do you not get another challenge? And second off, why do you only get one challenge? I mean, you know, what <laughs> this is a playoff series right there. You need to look at that call. That's why Julius Randle, mm -hmm. if you saw after the game, flipped a chair, almost went at Scott Foster. He was getting held yeah. back by the team. You know, yeah. like, that's ridiculous to me. Like, what do you think about that? Don't Shouldn't yeah. they have, like, a, a review, like, in the last couple minutes or something? Yeah, they absolutely should. I mean, you, you should have – yeah, it should be like every like the NFL does. In the last two minutes of a game, anything that's close or controversial should be reviewed because 
you know, officials have egos and they don't want to change things and they don't want to be wrong. And that was just like, well, we made the call. See you guys later. And Julius Randle was really pissed about it because he just hit a big three a couple plays before that. So he was feeling it a little bit. He was unstoppable in the post. He hit a big three to, to bring the game within three points, I'm pretty sure. And then he gets another chance at it. He probably felt like if he was taking the shot, he was making the shot, and he didn't get a chance to because that's what happened. So yeah. I understand why he was mad. But, yeah, uh, if you win a challenge, uh, yeah, you should definitely be able to challenge again. So, hey, we, we challenged the call. You just messed up. We were right. And now you messed up another call. We don't get to challenge it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And it felt like it just kept going. Like it, there was just no stoppage. And Julius Randle's trying to get Scott Foster to stop it for a second. Tibbs is just, you know, it is what it is. Um, but nonetheless, I will agree with you. And shout out to everybody in the chat, man. We got 130 up in here combined. We are live on two channels. Be sure to like and subscribe. Shout out to all the, uh, the channel members in both channels. What's going on, everybody? Chris, we will definitely get to this in a little bit when we talk about trade stuff. Um, but in terms of the Sixers and Knicks, right, the Knicks coming into tonight, I'm having a hard time wondering, you know, are they going to be fatigued? Are they going to be tired going on the road uh, back to back here? Or are they going to come out even hungrier? I mean, Julius Randle had that look in his eye yesterday. Like, I'm ready to kill someone today. I'm ready to come out yeah. here and just ball out. And, you know, for, for the Knicks, I, I got to give them credit. When we played them last time in, I think it was December, I think it was the end of December, we beat them by 20 points. They were, they were, they looked terrible. All right. Uh, Simmons put RJ Barrett into prison. He literally locked him behind bars. I think he went two for 15. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but now the Knicks are young. They're hungry. They've kind of found themselves. And the one thing that stood out to me from the game last night, I think it was three possessions in a row where they trapped the Brooklyn Nets and they couldn't even get an inbound pass off the right way. They had to call timeout. They had to reset. That was, um, that was insanely good defense at the end of a game. Yeah. Feisty, man. And I I mean, I gotta give Tibbs credit. They are playing hard. So, you know, getting into this game, like what you know, what are you what are you looking for tonight? What what are your first initial kind of thoughts about this? I, I don't think this is a rollover by any chance. I'm actually a little bit worried about it. Yeah, I think um we're pro I think the fans might be a little bit too high on the Sixers right now after the all-star break without Joel Embiid because we played who? We played the Bulls, we played the Wizards, and we played the San Antonio Spurs even without DeMar DeRozan. We played literally nobody. And it's not like years past where those games would go down to the wire and we're like, yo, we shouldn't be in this situation. Like, we took care of business. Don't get me wrong. We blew out the San Antonio Spurs by 35 points. We were up by 42 at one point. Um, so that's a good sign. But none of these three games really really told me that the other team had any any uh talent that was a threat Zach Levine was locked up by Ben and Matisse and he was ice cold so hopefully uh you know the Julius Randle thing where he where he's at right now rolling hopefully um you know we do we can do a good defensive job on him with Matisse and these guys but I wouldn't be totally shocked at an upset I'm not I'm just gonna say that I wouldn't be totally shocked at an upset if the Sixers come out and think this game's gonna be as easy as the last three yeah, I think the Knicks are coming out hungry. They look like they got something to prove. Uh, they might even make the playoffs, to be honest. They might make the playoffs with uh, some young talent, man. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I think the Sixers got to come out and, and and stomp on their throat right away. This can't be one of those games where you mm -hmm. just sit back, you know, go through the second quarter, the third quarter. They're letting them stay in it, letting them linger, and then boom, in the fourth, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, they have been playing with a level of energy that we didn't really see in the beginning of the season when we were losing those games that we shouldn't have been losing uh they're definitely on a different level at this point with the the cohesiveness and the and the and the chemistry and the energy and i mean everybody's buying in dwight howard coming off the bench like he got shot out of a cannon like just <laughs> it's crazy that the level of energy and that might have been it probably had a lot to do with the fact that fans were back in the building you know what i mean um yeah is this i didn't even look is this in new york this is at home this is in philly all right, I guess I'll I'll expect the same level of energy then with the fans in the building. Yep, yep. Shout out to uh, Ricky coming with a three dollar donation. Uh, says, when do you think trades will actually start to happen? DJ, you could take that one. Uh, Daryl Morey had some comments again the other day, and I just don't think anything big is going to happen. And now, well, like tonight and a couple other um, tough games coming up will probably tell us. 
uh, whether we're going to see a trade or not. Because if we start, if we do what we did in the past three games against the Knicks tonight, and then uh, who do we have? We got the Warriors at some point. Um, mm-hmm. We got Milwaukee. If this bench keeps showing up and keeps taking care of business, I don't see much changing at all. That's the that that's what's crazy about this team so far this year is that like three weeks ago they were the worst bench in the entire NBA. And now it's like, oh my God, everybody's good. And I don't want to get too high or too low. Like I don't wanna, you know, I don't want to put myself there. But uh I don't think we're gonna see any any type of like blockbuster type of trade at like the point I'm at now. I think I don't think we're going to see a huge trade. You know, so, small things to bolster the bench, um, names people been throwing around. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I can. That's all I can say. I don't, I don't think we're going to see anything major. Yeah. Uh, to add on to that, I I'm having that problem too. Like, you don't want to get too high. Like this bench, I will say they've been very consistent lately. But overall, this season they have been inconsistent. Right? They had a huge stretch at the beginning of the season where like this is the best bench in the world. This is the best bench ever created. And then you yeah. got that whole stretch where Corkmas can't hit a shot. Tyrese Maxey literally gets, you know, exiled out of the rotation. <laughs> Isaiah Joe goes back to the G League. Dwight Howard can't even, you know, make a shot. And then it's like, all right, well, now we got to do something. But now that I'm kind of a little scared, to be honest, because I think this recent stretch, you know, will it force the hand of Daryl Morey? I still think it will. I think, we'll, you, you know, we'll make a couple minor moves. Um, but like you said, I don't think it's going to be a big star trade. And – that's not even just for the Sixers. That's overall, in, in an overall sense. Because if you look at what happened with the NFL during the trade deadline, there weren't a lot of big trades because of the pandemic. Um, I don't think there's going to be like a huge – I don't even know if Bradley Beal is going to get traded or Levine or any of them. You might just see a deadline with a lot of these you know, smaller names. Um, and we might have to pick up some guards or some shooters that will help us. But I'm not satisfied with the bench we have completely. I think we need to make at least a move for a veteran guard who knows who who's been around that type of situation uh, later on in the season. Yeah, exactly, and that that's going to be Daryl Morey's job. You know, he, he's I would like to think he's a smarter basketball mind than myself. Um, so if I'm questioning certain things, I'm sure he is too, and he's not probably getting too high on three games against bad teams. So it's going to be his job to sit back and say, "Is Furkan Korkmaz a good basketball player?" in the NBA, is he a good bench player or is this three games of just like out of this world shot making and he's going to go back to the Furkan Korkmaz of old and then, you know, I should go get uh, uh, Wayne Ellington or, uh, you know, somebody else that I think is better. So it's almost like, I don't know, if they keep playing like this right now, it might be a guessing game for him where he has to make a decision. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think you got a new channel member there. Yo, new member. Little Giant, thank you, sir. Thank you for being a member. Yeah, we can't tell who's members of who, and we can't tell whose Super Chats are on whose channel, so it's a little tough. But thanks. If that's a new member of mine, I appreciate you. Running Back Nation, thank you. Yes, sir. Shout out to the Running Back Nation. By the way, we got 190 people combined in both streams. Everybody be sure to hit that subscribe. Let us know if you guys are enjoying the content, and uh, keep staying up to date for consistent Sixers coverage. Uh, Appreciate everybody out here tuning in with us, and – you know, kind of getting back to the Sixers and Knicks talk. Um, do you think that Ben Simmons is going to go ahead and guard Julius Randle now tonight? Do you think he stays on R.J. Barrett? What what would be your game plan? Because without Embiid, you know they're going to try to bully us down low. You know they're going to try to get inside mm-hmm. and just outwork us. So, you know, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, and and last night Julius Randle was taking DeAndre Jordan to the to the rim. It seemed like every play at the end of the game there when they needed points. Um, and, you know, I'm not too high on – Dwight Howard being able to defend people without fouling. And I'm not too high on uh, Tony Bradley being able to defend people physically under the rim like that either. Uh, so, yeah, I expect them to come hard and, and try to do a lot of work in the paint. I think Doc Rivers is probably going to do what he normally does is is where he, like, puts Ben on guys and then switches it up the whole game until you get, like, midway through the third quarter and then his lockdown mode. And then uh, I don't think you're going to see a Julius Randle in the fourth like you saw last night against the Nets because Ben Simmons is going to be on his hip every single time he touches the ball. And Matisse Seibel, you know what I mean? And those are two guys that are just – those are two of the best perimeter defenders in the entire league on the same team on the the floor at the same time. So hopefully, you know, he staggers the minutes, um, is strategic with it, trying to conserve uh, Ben's energy and Matisse's energy, and then, you know, 
bring them both full speed if it's a close game at the end. Hopefully it's not even a close game. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people are saying to put Tobias on Julius Randle, keep Simmons on RJ. I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, I think that's a pretty good plan. I think we will be able to to kind of slow down these Knicks. Uh, I know they've had a problem in, in terms of transition offense, um, but, you know, they just in, – in the half-court set, they like to bully you, and, you know, we're going to have to kind of force the ball outside. I, I'm not too reliable – on the Knicks shooting. I don't think that they have guys every night that, that are going to knock it down. Now, when it comes to a guy like Alec Burks, for some reason, it seems every time the Sixers play a former oh, yeah. Sixer, they have a career night, just like Alec Burks did earlier this year. So I'm expecting Burks to go off for 24 or more. But other than that, yeah, he uh, might go for 40, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Brett would still sit him, right? But anyway. Absolutely would. Um, I yeah. like these names people are throwing out. George Hill, Will Barton, um, DeLon Wright. Like, yeah, all those guys that are like veteran buyout level type of players that you could add to the bench. I think that's the most you're going to see when it comes to the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Shout out to Miguel Edwards for the $2 donation. Uh, not sure who it was for, but he says, proud of you guys' growth. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Much love, man. Much love. Um but yeah, in terms of the Sixers and Knicks, um, in terms of Joel Embiid, actually, let me get your thoughts on that. Joel Embiid being out, uh, I guess he's going to be out two, well, they said two weeks. I think it's going to be three weeks a month, somewhere in that uh, kind of area. I wouldn't rush him back whatsoever. I th- I was praying to God, I'm like, let Joel just come back for the playoffs. That's it. <laughs> but um, where we're at right now, I, I would keep him out as long as possible. I'm not worried about the East. I think we can take anybody, and I believe that 100%. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And uh, yeah, you just want him to be 100% healthy. You're not worried about uh, finishing one, two, or three. Is that, you know, do, or do you rush and beat back really just so you don't fall out of the first seed or something like that? Like, yeah, you want to get to the playoffs with Joel Embiid at 100%, that, that MVP level that he's been playing at. Um, the regular season, just re- in raw reality, does not matter that much if you're finishing in the top two or three. I'm cool with it because... In two weeks, if Embiid says, you know, hey, I still got a little soreness back here or I'm still a little stiff or I'm still whatever, they're going to keep him out another week and it's going to be a reevaluation. And if the week after that, he's like, it feels good, but there's a little bit of swelling in the back or whatever, they're going to keep him out another week. I don't think we have to worry about the medical staff rushing anything because over the course of the past, you know, Joel Embiid's career so far, they haven't rushed anything. And actually, you know, he's been pissed off a lot about minutes restrictions and all that kind of stuff so they've always been more precautious than anybody even really wants them to be uh so i don't expect him to come back in in probably two weeks i don't i don't really think that's gonna happen i think that that was like not like i'm i was actually shocked that there was no structural damage that looked really bad dude i was i was not okay man that would have ruined 2021 for me seriously I was hurt, man. I was hurt. I was wa- I was up that night. I was watching videos that, you know, like doctors are posting, like, you know, this could be a, a hyperextension this grade. I, I'm like, I'm like, just get it over. <laughs> get it over. Just let me know what it is, man. Um, but I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised. And look, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like this year just has a different feel. Joel Embiid goes out earlier this season. I forget who it was against. He comes back in the same game, dominates. He goes out mm-hmm. this time. It looks like it's the writing's on the wall. And what happens? He's fine. You know, this guy mm-hmm. goes out. They they go to a barber shop and, and they're <laughs> sick. And they come back. Like I feel like a story's being built here. I, I don't know. Can stop him. I feel it, like it, it just it gave me such it gave me such 2017 Carson Wentz vibes. Like it just you're on top. You're dominating. Everybody's talking about how great it is. And the one thing that could shoot you in the heart. You know what I mean? And uh, I just felt like that. It was like, there it is. Philly never has any, we never have anything nice. We never have anything good. Something bad always happens. And there it is. Um, But yeah, no structural damage. That was good to hear. I was ecstatic. Yeah. I think the thing we got to focus on now, and, and by the way, let me say, and I'm sure you would agree, Doc Rivers has done an excellent job. Me and you both see the same way on that in terms of how much influence the coach actually does have on the basketball team. I think, 
You know, it was just a level of professionalism. Like last year, we were ranting every game. Like we we didn't know what we would get night to night. I feel like now mm-hmm. we know what we're going to do. We're going to run the offense through Embiid, and we're going to play quick, and we're going to space the floor. That's what we do. And if our shooters knock down shots, well, we're in a good shape. And I, I know you've yeah. said before, like, you know, what happens when the shooters don't knock down the shots? And obviously that mm-hmm. kind of shifts it to Ben Simmons. Um, so I'd love to get your take on Ben Simmons and – um, you know, I know you've been you've been very satisfied with him lately. So have I. Um, we were a little hard on him earlier this year, but for the right reason. Um, but Simmons, you know, last game I was a little scared. You know, he came out of the game. He didn't really look that aggressive. But then in the, mm-hmm. the end of the second quarter, uh, he just let it fly. He, he he came out again. Ben Simmons just came out. You know, he's screaming at the fans. He's uh, you know talking mm-hmm. smack. What do you think about yeah, exactly? Ben? That's what you need from him. Like, uh, like I'll always go back to you know. Take that, Tyler Johnson. I always go back to that. You, you can't him dunking on somebody and screaming is exactly what what he needs. He just <laughs> he's such a he's such a smart like person in basketball mind, and he overthinks things. And he's just one of those people. He needs to like bring it down a notch, stop thinking so much, and just go do your thing. And he just he spends a lot of the time the first half of the last game. You know, he spends a lot of the time just trying so hard to set guys up and be the facilitator. And it's like, just take the ball and slam on somebody, man. And I like the cockiness and all that when he's flexing to the crowd and all that stuff. That It's just, you know, some people it comes easy. You know, taking a bunch of shots comes easy. Donovan Mitchell will shoot you out of a game. He'll go seven for 45. He doesn't care. You know, those kind of players, it comes easy. It just doesn't come easy to Ben for, for whatever reason. His natural thought process is to pass the ball and he has to think about, all right, I'm going to be aggressive now. I'm going to go to the rim now. And I think, you know, still being 24 years old, 25, I forget, but uh, still being that young over the course of the next three, four years, he'll, he'll get that to where he doesn't really have to think about it, but he's still in this thing where he has to remind himself to be aggressive and the fans help that out a lot. Fans being in the building for sure. As far as coaching, it's night and day difference. I mean, I was sitting up here screaming about how, how bad the coaching was last year. So many people would still come in the comments and try to argue, and I just couldn't believe it because just from knowing the game, I'm not a basketball genius. I just played the game my whole life. It was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen in my life. Not even close. I'm serious. I could get a high school coach down the street. I could get a, a, a 15-year-old kid on 2K that can that can run plays better than what was going on. It was absolutely blowing my mind. And, you know, the Fire Brett Brown podcast, that that blew my channel up. So I got to thank him a little bit. <laughs> It'll forever it live in me. I'll tell you that. And then you, you get this coaching staff now with all of these guys working together, Sam Cassell and Dave Yeager, and you just see so much action. And uh, Brock Landis does, does the breakdowns that are so perfect that show just a double screen here and another guy coming around a pin down screen on the other side. And this is like, it's just, there's so many things happening. You can't just give the dudes a ball and say go play when they have the like uniqueness of some of these players, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. They need to be put in the right positions to give them an advantage. It's I didn't think it was rocket science. Brett Brown thought it was rocket science. Um, Doc Rivers has them locked in right now. Yep, they're playing well. They're playing solid. And I, I think you make a good point because I feel like in the past couple years, you know, we'd have an Embiid 30-point game. We'd have a Simmons triple-double. But then there would be games in between. You know, we go on the road and play a terrible team, and it's like, why can't these guys stay consistent? Why are they not focused in? It's like, I don't think they knew what they were doing day to day. Um, you know, there's been, there's been even guys that came out and talked about that, so it's crazy. Uh, Shout-out to Philly Talk Podcast. Our guy coming in with a $2 donation says, thanks for giving me something to listen to at work. Shout-out to you, man. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate Billy it. Mike, I'm in. Thanks yes, for going sir. to work so you can give us super chats. <laughs> yes sir <laughs> and then we got as tipo coming with a two dollar donation says get broads on this and we're lit again man we are always open to this we've we've been talking about it a long time uh we're here we're ready so you guys gotta let them yeah. know i think i don't know i'm broads might have some contract stuff or something i i, know, I don't know these days man he's big time <laughs> there you go he's big yeah. time we're just youtube people yeah we we don't have a, as huge of an influence as people might think. I know, I know they like to come <laughs> at us on Twitter and stuff, but man, we're just we're just telling what we see. Um, I know. 
it's people like you that are what's wrong and players want to leave every year because he, I'm like, you really think my 8,000 followers on YouTube are, has that much of an impact? There you go. I mean, they, they must be watching something at this point. Um, you talked about, uh, I want to get back to it. You talked about, you know, the professionalism and the whole coaching staff and how we're just on like a different level. Um, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of this year, I thought that, you know, like, this is going to be our year to kind of adapt. We're coming off a short off season. Next year will be our window. Like, boom, it'll open up. Well, we might mm-hmm. sign a free agent. We might do this, do that. And we'll be in position to make our run starting next year. However, I didn't ex- I expected Joel Embiid to play great, but not this great. Uh, ben Smith is playing out of his mind. Tobias Harris. We need to talk about Tobias. I mean, consistent as heck. A guy that mm-hmm. he said the other day, like last year, Philly fans would have kicked me out of my house and sent me walking. Um, so I'm glad that they're behind me. Everybody's mm-hmm. playing well. What do you think about this year? Do you think that the Sixers can make you know a title run? Like, What are your thoughts on that? I think they can because we're seeing the progression. Um, you know, it, the first half of the season was what it was. It was up and down. It was Doc taking his time, learning players, learning who's good at what, learning where they should be, what, how many minutes I should play this guy, that guy. Like, it's There's so many intangibles that us as fans – don't really take into consideration or think about. Um, Tobias Harris is such a perfect example. Like coaching last year, the the positions he was in made him look so bad. It made him look like an absolutely overpaid, underperforming. There was times where I was, he just didn't look good. And it's because he has a skill set that he needs to be put in the right position to take advantage of smaller players. And then, you know, you saw in the Spurs game down down to, in the third quarter, he was just blowing by all those all those big nobodies. You know, I don't even remember the dude's names, but he can take a smaller guy in the post, and then when when he's at the four and he has a, a big power forward on him, he can blow by him from the top of the key. So it's all about mismatches. It's all about putting guys in the right positions, and uh, it's crazy what a, what a coaching change makes. But yeah, it took the whole first half of the season. I feel like ups and downs to really figure guys out. And Matisse Thybul was hardly even playing the beginning of the year. You know, Tyrese Maxey was playing like 20 minutes a game, and then we're here now. Tyrese Maxey, I guess Doc realizes like, hey, this guy's just a little bucket getter. He doesn't really have that great of vision. He doesn't really run the play that well. He has a lot to learn, you know, and he figured out uh, what Matisse's skill sets are and advantages and, and, and how much he impacts a game. And now Matisse is getting the minutes and is dominating on the defensive end, so I think by the end of this year, by the time playoffs start, yeah, we, we should have it all. Doc should have it all figured out. But it, it might have taken, you know, the first half of the season. It might we might still have some ups and downs moving forward. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think if we add, you know, maybe one or two pieces, and as long as everybody is healthy, um, I think that we play a style. Like you said, Brock breaks it down well. Like I think we play a style that is it's very consistent and it's hard to break. There's a way to break it, but. You know, that it's going to come down to guys like Danny and Seth. Can they shoot or do we get better options? I mean, we still have the trade deadline. We have the buyout market. Um, I think there's good mm-hmm. options to come. Um, if we can knock down our shots and if we take the shots, because I feel like sometimes we're a little bit hesitant. If we mm-hmm. take the shots and make the threes, um, I, it's, I think it's going to be hard, man. You know, maybe the Brooklyn Nets in a series, it goes six or seven. Um, but we have the defenders to negate them. I, I think we do. Um, shout out to Ricky coming with a $2 donation here. It says player of the game predictions for tonight. DJ, take it away. Um, I'm looking for, I'm looking for Ben Simmons because like we, we've been shooting the absolute lights out of the ball and I don't expect that to continue for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Like, like I always say, you're going to get what you get from Ben, Tobias and Joel. And I know he's not playing, but. Um, the rest of the team is a deciding factor. And Danny Green, Seth Curry, and Furkan Korkmaz shooting the three-pointer are a deciding factor. And you're going to get those games where they're not making a three. You're going to get those games where Danny Green's hitting the side of the backboard or shooting wide-open air balls for some reason. Um, you're going to get those games where Korkmaz is is two for nine or whatever. So I, I, I would predict, just a personal prediction, that we're not going to shoot the ball great in this game. And then I'm expecting Ben Simmons to to realize that, you know, halfway through the second quarter maybe and say, okay, it's my time and go to the rim a whole bunch of times and give us that Utah Jazz 40-point triple-double type of game. That's what I want. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah. I'll say uh, – I'll go ahead and say Tobias Harris. I think he's still uh, 
not being given enough credit for what he's doing this season. Uh, he's been consistent every night. I mean, it, he's pretty much given us 20 to 22, at least in his sleep. Um, even He'll have some slow spurts where it's like, is Tobias even in this game? And then he'll just come out of nowhere. And, you know, late when you need a shot, I, I can't believe it. Because I remember me and you actually had this conversation, like, who is going to be the guy to take a shot when we need it? Toby is being one of them guys, especially when a B draws a double or a triple. Like, Toby is knocking down even off the bounce, too. Um, so I'll say Tobias, and for kind of a sleeper pick, I'll say Matisse Thibel. You talked about it earlier. Um, Thibel has been playing out of his mind. I'm not trading him for anything. I'm not putting him in any trade package. I think he's going no. to be too valuable in the playoffs. He's, what, 23, I think? Just turned 23, maybe 24. Yeah. Um, Matisse Thibel is going to be so good down the road. He, he mm. sees plays four plays before they happen. I yeah. mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah, Matisse is untouchable because – you know, not just his the defense, not just the defensive side of the ball. When you see him get a fast break dunk, I'm telling you, this kid's athleticism is out of this world. I, you don't even really think about it because he just doesn't know yet on the offensive side of the ball how to get to the rim. Really, when he learns, when he learns a one dribble jab step and, and blows by a defender and dunks on two guys or something like that, like the world's gonna explode. They're gonna be like, "Holy mm -hmm. shit, this dude!" <laughs> Like, I just, I really think when he's like 25, 26 years old, he's going to be unstoppable. And I, I can see it like developing slowly right now. I'm, I'm so excited for Matisse Thibel. Yeah, he's untouchable. Yeah. And he, and he's actually taken more shots now, which I love. Look, let him go 0 for 5. Like, just let him take the threes and kind of get in his rhythm. Uh, if he does that, he's, he's going to be scary. Uh, Shout out to Tipo coming in with another $2 super chat. Much appreciated. It says, remember when DJ said we were going to be the sixth seed? <laughs> I'll let you take I that. Even, I don't even remember that. When did I say that? I'm guessing. Coming into this season, I said that? I'm guessing. I said four seed. I don't I don't remember saying that. Maybe I did. I don't know. I, I was excited about the Doc Rivers signing. Um, when they traded Al Horford, I was ecstatic. I mean, I thought that was one of the main issues on the team and the spacing. I ex I think I expected Doc Rivers to take Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons to another level. So I don't know if I said the sixth seed. Um, if Ask Tippo is uh, one of those guys that always has something negative to say, as long as you're paying a dollar ninety nine, we will read your comment and you can talk all the trash you want. But no, I, I do not. I don't remember saying they were going to be the sixth seed. Maybe I did. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it would have been a terrible take like right when we, you know, right when the offseason began or, you know, during the offseason when we signed Doc. Like, I don't think it would have been a terrible take. Um, but I, I mean, I had as a as a four seed, maybe a three seed. But, you know, we're up here and we just give our thoughts based on what we see. So who, who I don't know who I would have been putting ahead of the Sixers. I, I just but it's hard for me to remember if if that's true. I mean, you know, yeah. show me the clip. I'll own it. I don't care. I've been wrong before. I, <laughs> I think I had Milwaukee and maybe Brooklyn ahead of us and maybe maybe Miami. Maybe Miami. That's maybe the three I would have said ahead of us. Yeah, I probably did have Miami way higher than they are right now. Yeah, um, and I, will, I will say Miami is on a hot stretch right now. They're up to the four seed. Uh, I don't even think they were in playoff contention like two weeks ago. I probably had Boston ahead. Of, I, I didn't expect Boston to – to be playing as garbage as they are this year. Um, Boston, Miami, Brooklyn. I don't know. I, I still don't think I, I was going sixth seed, maybe fourth seed at the, at the worst. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't remember what I did, you know, yesterday. So how would I remember that? <laughs> a long season, man. Shout out to Tom coming in with a $5 donation. What's up, Tom? Says 1098 screw the Nets. That's Tom. That's the A2D Radio. Tom Arnone, Mister yes, No sir. Notes. Yes, sir. What's going on, Tom? Appreciate you tuning in, man. I agree. And uh, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of fair weather Nets fans out there too. Um, kind of rollovers from the Knicks, the people that used to root for the Knicks and um, just gave up. Uh, but Absolutely. Uh, I don't. I don't. Know. Uh, did you see that clip last night where uh, what was it? James Harden was like, "Yeah, there was so many Knicks fans here." at the uh the Barclays Center. He's like I feel like he was kind of irritated about it. He's like <laughs> they were just like what did you think about your first New York matchup? He's like, "Yeah, you know, there were a lot of Knicks fans." <laughs> I think when if you don't go through a process era, I guess the Nets did kind of 
they never really, really tanked. Um, they, they, they failed in the whole Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce thing. And then they still had the draft capital to, to draft high or to trade the picks. I don't remember exactly how they've got it done, but they never went through a real tank. And I just don't think you're going to have that, that loyal of a fan base when every two years, you know, you got three more superstars on your team. You're, you're always going to have fair weather fans. I see Ask Tippo. Yeah, my, I'm sorry, bro. I, I I can't remember who is and who isn't. Um, but thank you for being a member to the channel, man. Much appreciated. And if you if you could show me where I said there'll be a sixth seed, I'll shout you out. I'll shout you out on a podcast episode because I don't, I just don't remember. There you go. And uh, uh, I know Ricky said, "When's your Eagles mock coming out?" Is that me? Yeah, he said it to you. When's your Eagles mock draft coming? <laughs> Uh, I've been ah, uh, I've been so frustrated thinking about the Eagles draft, man. I just I don't know if I can do a mock. I don't know if I can even make it past the first round. I'm so like anxious and and already annoyed at what's going to happen in the first round that I haven't even thought about you know other picks and and that kind of thing. I'll probably do something um, about what I think they should do in the first and second round. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. Other people have been doing mock drafts, and I just really enjoy watching other people. As far as the Eagles, I just don't get like that in-depth with the Eagles. You know what I mean? I'm a huge Eagles fan, but right. if we were talking about a, uh, if we were talking about a Sixers draft, I could probably rattle off a mock draft off the top of my head without even looking anything up. With the yeah. Eagles, I got to look at players in college, who's going in the third and the fourth round and all that kind of stuff. So I just I'm not really thinking about it much. I think I'm just locked in on the Sixers right now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, when you're winning ball games, that's what it does. Uh, Tipo, like you said, says not a trash dog. I'm a member on both channels. Appreciate that, Tipo. And then we got Rick Bennett coming with a $2 donation. Says chemistry or star power driving the Sixers. Now, that's a good question, man. Um, I think it's a combination of both. But I'll tell you, man, this, this chemistry, when I watch other teams play, some of them have like bits and pieces, but the chemistry I see with the Sixers, especially from last year, is night and day. And it's special, man. It's it's really special. And I think it's going to drive us deep, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm going to go to chemistry right now because we're getting we're getting production from players that uh, I did not expect to get production from. You know what I mean? You're talking about Furkan Korkmaz scoring 16 a game in the last three and Dwight Howard having a big 18 and 12 game the other two games ago or whatever it was. I, yeah, I'm going chemistry. Everybody is on another level right now. And hopefully that's a, a good sign and not just because they were playing, you know, the San Antonio Spurs G League team. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick about Dwight Howard because, you know, I'm still scarred from a couple years ago. That Toronto series where, uh, who was it, Boban and Greg Monroe came in for I think it was two minutes and was a minus 13, and we absolutely botched a lead. Uh, Dwight Howard has been confusing to me. I, I know you talk about him being a lunatic. He's absolutely psycho. But <laughs> he's had these two stretches this year where he looks like he's prime Dwight, like Orlando Dwight. And then other games, it's like four fouls in the first half, and he's taken out. Do you think Dwight's yeah. going to be like that consistent backup in, in the playoffs? I, we only need, what, eight minutes out of him maybe? Uh, do you think he's going to be that guy for us in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, back to taking the first half of the season to learn your your spot on the team and what you can do and what you can't do. Dwight Howard, you know, being a former NBA superstar, uh, I think he figured it out with the Lakers recently that, you know, he's not a superstar anymore and he needs to play a role, and I think that's what he does. Um, but on this team specifically, like, yeah, he needs to just understand what he does well um, not try to do too much, focus on defending without fouling. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm still not, you know, Dwight Howard is the greatest backup center in the league right now. I was saying that when we signed him, uh, but yeah, the inconsistencies there, I, I don't know, um, what he's going to look like in the playoffs. I hope it's not, uh, the 35 year old Dwight Howard. Um, but yeah, he's a, yeah, I just I think this guy's so entertaining. It just cracks me up, man. He just comes in the game and flies around. And to be in that, you know, he's psycho. When you're in that good of physical shape at 35 years old, he looks like he probably leaves the game and goes to the gym, mm -hmm. and like gets a crazy lift in and like screams his face off and then goes home and goes to bed. Like he yeah. just, I, I the guy's a maniac. Uh, I he's wouldn't want to be. 
He's probably in a gym like smashing weights and like kicking things. And yeah, I don't know. He invited out Philly. He's one of them guys when the when the you know when the crowd's back now they are in, in part, but when they're back, you know, in a playoff game, they're gonna go nuts for this guy. He gets a oh, fat yeah. screaming at the ref. Uh-huh. Uh, he's yeah, going to go yeah. crazy for him, man. Oh, I want to, yeah, I want him to catch a big time alley oop and just he slams the ball so hard. It's so <laughs> much fun to watch. Yeah. And yeah, he doesn't care if it's the fourth quarter and they're up by thirty five points. He's yelling at the ref. Yeah. He's just, it's just crazy. Every single second yeah. of the game, he wants to succeed, and he's never fouled anyone ever. By the way, and you can't you can't tell him otherwise. He's never committed a foul. Never, never. Uh, shout out to Philly Philly coming in says two best Sixers content creators. Thank you, Philly Philly. Appreciate you, my man. Philly Philly, thank you, thank you, hey, man. And then we got Tipo coming in with another two dollar donation. Much love for the support. Says Toby Ooh. or just Randall. Mm. That's a good question. That's a good question. I'm gonna go Julius Randall because he's younger. That's the only reason I would say that I would take Julius Randall versus Tobias. But I think Tobias fits better with this team next to Ben Simmons, um, you know, with his shooting and space in the floor because Randall can can do a little bit of shooting, but he's not really space in the floor like Tobias. So yeah. it's a complicated question, but if it's just one-on-one who you taking on, on your team, I'll just go Julius Randall because he's younger, but that's not a shot at Tobias either. Yeah, I'm going to take the more biased approach, and I'll go Toby. Um, and also for what you said, like he can create his own. Um, he can knock down that. That mid-range is, is Toby's bread and butter. And he's just been consistent. I love how Toby's not flashy. He just plays very structured. And um, like you said, he fits better with this team. Someone came at my neck uh, the other week. They were like, you're you're an idiot because the Sixers shouldn't trade for DeMar DeRozan. I'm like, bro, he doesn't fit with the team. It's no. not DeMar DeRozan's a better player than Tobias, or he has been. He's been an all-star, like, but he doesn't fit. No, People we know what this team needs. Yeah. Don't tell me any name that, of a guy that can't shoot a three. That's not what we need. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's all I said, <laughs> man. It's like you, you, you just got to think about the fit on the team as well uh, and the chemistry we built. But, um, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Well, it's people that debate sports on the Internet, you know it's going to be a good comment when it starts out with you're an idiot. Like they just cannot debate at all. They can't have a separate opinion from somebody. They have no idea how to have a conversation in real life. They're probably no. like the kids that go to a restaurant and with their friends and nobody looks away from their phone the whole time. They're just staring at their phones. They have no communication skills. And they yep. hear somebody say something that they disagree with and they they blow up inside. They can't handle it. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. Uh, shout out to Philly fans and SD, one of my great supporters, coming with a $2 donation, says, much love, don't know DJ yet, podcast name. Let them know where to find you, DJ. And for all 300 in the chat. Run it back, Philly. Run it back, Philly, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank drop, you if you're drop, a potential new subscriber. Yep. Shout out to everybody. If you guys are on my channel, haven't subscribed yet, be sure to sub up DJ. Someone put his uh, his link down in the chat. Um I want to do something real quick. I have, you know, I, I made a trade oh video. I have a couple guys. Um, I'll, I'll do like four or five, and I have their names. And I'm, we're just going to go, you know, one by one real quick. Um, and just tell me if you would consider trading for them or not. You guys can let us know in the chat. Um, we already talked about George Hill, so I'm not going to, you know, talk about that. But the first mm-hmm. one I would say is kind of a combo package. You know, last year we got Alec Burks, uh, Glenn Robinson. Would you mm-hmm. consider, you know, throwing together a similar trade package for DeLon Wright and Wayne Ellington from the Pistons. What we only traded like two second round picks for for that for yeah, that, right? right. And that was right that was on the day of the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Three second rounders. Yeah, that yeah, that's probably the type of thing I could see Daryl Morey doing, like right at the last second. Like because if you're giving up two second rounders, what are you really giving up? And you know, at the end of the day, you add two players that uh can shoot the ball on your roster that you know can shoot the ball, that you know can play in the NBA, not, you know, uh, Paul Reed type of guys that you don't know about yet. Yeah, dominating the G League, okay, but, you know, can he play on an NBA level? Um, Isaiah Joe, can he play on an NBA level? So if you're getting two guys that you know can shoot the ball on an NBA level, I'm all for I'm all for that one, yeah. I think that's probably the type of trade you're going to see versus like a big-time blockbuster thing go down. All right, so that, that would be good. Now, in terms of the Rockets um, – I guess there's a, a couple ways you could go, go about this. Everyone's saying yes in uh, in the chat about that Pistons package. Now, would you be willing to trade? 
I actually will do we'll do a comparison. Would you rather trade for PJ Tucker or would you rather trade for Larry Nance Jr.? Uh man, I would I, I think I would like Larry Nance Jr. coming off the bench. Um high energy guy, athletic guy, uh can guard the paint a little bit. Um and PJ Tucker, I was high on PJ Tucker until I really looked at his numbers this year and PJ Tucker at 35 years old, I don't know if he just fell off a cliff or if he really doesn't want to be in Houston anymore that bad, but he's averaging like 3.7 points per game and I don't know what's going on with PJ Tucker. So if he has something left in the tank, yeah, I love the style of PJ Tucker, the corner three-point shooter. Um but yeah, I'd probably rather have Larry Nance coming off the bench as a backup power forward or center. Yeah. Uh I will say the combo of PJ Tucker and Dwight Howard on the bench would be absurd, uh, given their energy. Um, <laughs> I agree with you. Like Larry Nance Jr. was leading the league in steals uh, until he got injured. He's 28. He's younger. He's getting yeah. better each year. He's actually shooting the ball now and shooting it yeah. well. Three. Uh, I would like Larry Nance, and I think he could play the four, the five. I think he could uh, be mm-hmm. kind of a multi-position uh, defender. So I would like that. Uh, looking yeah. at the next one. Orlando Magic, Terrence Ross, or Evan Fournier, and also I guess if you want to throw in Mo Bamba as maybe a, a you know a rental backup center or a guy you could try out at least. Um, I've always liked Terrence Ross's game. Always like a complete player, three level scorer. Um, but I think I would rather have Evan Fournier. Um, as a point guard coming off the bench because he just has that facilitating ability and that that basketball knowledge um, can really run a second unit. Although I think Shake Milton does a really good job at running the second unit. Uh, so maybe Terrence Ross will probably fit better alongside Shake Milton. But either way, those are two guys that can average close to 20 points a game when they have the minutes. You know what I mean? Those are two guys that can give you 15 off the bench. Uh, so I'll take either one of those guys. Uh, Mo Bamba. I don't really know. I haven't seen anything about Mo Bamba this season. I know he was hyped when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to Mo Bamba, actually? Let me ask you. That's something I want to get better at, by the way, is watching other NBA teams' games. You know, I, I just I don't have time for it. I, I should at least – I would like to at least get in the habit of watching all the highlights of all the games, at least like the little breakdown and know what's going on more than I do right now. I'm, I'm yeah. Sixers, and then I go to sleep and do my thing and go back, but – I guess I know a little bit about, but I don't know anything about Mo Bamba this year. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, from what I've seen, because I, I don't go you know in depth either, but I think Mo Bamba has the potential, but I think he's gotten injured a couple times, if I'm not mistaken, and I think he needs to put on a little bit of weight. He's very, very lanky. Um, he could do some different things, but I, I feel like Mo Bamba, he hasn't nearly tapped into his potential yet. Like He was a number six overall pick. I think it was three years ago, maybe. Might be wrong on that, but um, I think he needs a fresh start, man. I don't think it's going. It's just one of those situations. It's it's not going to work out in Orlando. He was always he was really lanky when he was drafted. And that was his draft prospect. Like he needs to gain weight, and so, you know it's a genetics thing too. Some guys cannot gain weight. Dikembe Mutombo was tall and lanky his entire career, could never gain a pound. Uh, Joel Embiid somehow was tall and lanky, and then just gained like forty pounds of muscle in two years. Uh, so I don't know if that was the, uh, the, the sugar drinks or the Popeyes or whatever, but he put Joel put into work and said, I need to gain weight. All right. I got you. Get me, get me five chicken sandwiches, three milkshakes. I'm on it. I know how to gain weight. So yeah. And Mo Bamba just, maybe he'll never gain a pound. I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I don't know. Um, we'll do two more. Uh, this one I really like. I would love to hear your opinion on it from a team that we just blew out of the stadium. Uh, Patty Mills and Rudy Gay in a combo package from the Spurs. I was high on I was high on Patty Mills just knowing him as a player over the years um, until I, I saw that game and what he have like five point he had like five minutes. He was oh he was oh for four or like one for four. I just don't know what's going on with the Spurs. That's kind of like a PJ Tucker situation. Like, is this player done, or are they just in a bad situation and and the the coaches and putting them into spots? Um, Patty Mills, from at least the, the past couple years, is a great addition. Rudy Gay, uh, long athletic wing, 
Uh, I don't know what his shooting percentage is this year as far as a three-point shot, but uh, again, two guys that that it's not a negative to add to your team. So, you know, if it's one of those last-minute trade deadline things, I'd be all for it. I'm just not too high on Patty Mills this year anymore. He might be done. He's in his mid-30s. Yeah. Rudy Gay. (laughs) Rudy Gay was so hyped when he came out, he looked like Tracy McGrady. Mm -hmm. And injuries and just, I don't know, he's just not anything special. He's just a role player, man. Uh, I think Patty Mills is still shooting 40% plus from three. I guess it was just one of those games. Um, But, yeah, I I would definitely take those two any day. (laughs) Trez here says, Vucevic is what happened to Mo Bamba. There you go. Barb said my comedy makes up for my lack of knowledge. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But, yeah, the last one I would would inquire to you about is the Pelicans, trade with the Pelicans for Lonzo Ball. What do you think about that? I like that. I like Lonzo Ball. Um, I was a Lonzo Ball trash talker his whole first two or three years of his career. He's in his third year now um, because his shot looked wonky and I didn't understand it, and I didn't think he could fix it. And I used to say, anybody with a shot that broken is not fixing his shot. And here's Lonzo Ball at, like, 24 years old, right, shooting 40, 39% from the three-point line. Um, if his shot, if he's shooting 39%, and we already knew Lonzo had the, the basketball knowledge and the IQ and the, you know, being able to run point guard. Pretty sure the first play he ever made in a summer league game was an alley-oop from an inbound pass. Like, we were like, this kid can drop dimes. So, yeah, if he fixed his shot and he's shooting high 30s, I would love Lonzo Ball on the Sixers. I just don't know if he's uh, a bench player for life or if he would rather, you know what I mean, if he thinks he can get starter minutes somewhere else. But I don't think he – what do you think? Do you think if they would go Lonzo Ball, do you think he would be a starting-level player? I think he could be a starter eventually. But with us, I think he would come off the bench. Uh, And the thing I like about him is that he can guard, you know, probably four positions on the floor, maybe at least three um, given his length and just, you know, his IQ. Um, But now the fact that he's added a shot, he's always been a good facilitator and his dad stays out of the equation now because I don't want LeVar drama coming to Philly. That's not happening. Um, No, he's been good. Yeah. His dad stays out of the equation. Now I, I guess he just accepted the fact your little celebrity run is over your big baller brand fake, shoes that you sold for $500 a pair. By the way, if anybody in the chat has ever purchased a pair of big baller brand shoes, I'm not going to finish this statement. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's out of the equation and all of his kids are better off for it. You know what I mean? Get the hell out of here. Yeah, uh, LaMelo's born in Charlotte. Unfortunately, he's in Charlotte, so, you know, I don't even care about it, but um yeah, yeah Lon- LaMelo's nice, but you're nobody's you're not getting LaMelo. He's going to be there for Right. He's going to be there for 10 years. Yeah, they're saying they're they're actually proposing a trade where Lonzo would go and team back up with them uh, in Charlotte, but I don't know, man. The Char- Charlotte Hornets stink as a franchise. So I do like the Josh Hart combination with Lonzo Ball. Josh Hart's a dog. Played for Villanova. I love Josh Hart, and I, I wanted to draft yep. him. Yeah, um, just because I think he's that like he had to, he played all four years of college. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he had that experience. He was a championship uh, level player in college, and yeah, I always like Josh Hart. Yeah, I'm I'm a Nova guy too, and I love Josh Hart. I love Brunson. I I love guys with grit like that who you know start out as three star players and they just rise up and get drafted. Um, but yeah, I would like Lonzo Ball, and I think he would be a great fit off the bench, and he might earn his money. Uh, this comment right here, Matt says Joe Harris to Philly, Danny Green to OKC, and Al Horford to the Nets. I'm all in. I'm all in on that trade. Book it. Sign us up. I'm all in on this trade, but what I'm not all in on is the Nets are not all in on this trade. (laughs) Then the Nets are not all in on this trade whatsoever. Out now, they you know why they would get Al Horford because you know they would look back years ago in the Boston series and they'd be like, Oh, Al Horford's the key to clamping Joel Embiid. They would think if if they would fall for that, I'd be all for it. Al Horford doesn't have it anymore, yeah. I agree. If the Nets, I will say, I haven't, you know, me and you have both said, I believe that the Nets, we we still believe we could take the Nets. If they buy their way into Andre Drummond, we have a completely different conversation to talk about. I don't yeah, think anything of Blake Griffin, but Andre Drummond, yeah. different story. Yep. And that's another player that, you know, still has something left in the tank. 
and can can body up uh, Joel Embiid a little bit. Joel Embiid usually gets the best of him, usually fouls him out and waves goodbye. You know what I mean? So that would make for a, a fun uh, that would make for a fun watch watching Joel Embiid versus Andre Drummond in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, that would give them some interior defense, and they don't have any interior defense right now. Um, DeAndre Jordan is absolutely done. He's getting smoked on the on the defensive side of the ball in the paint. Um, but yeah, that that you're right. That would uh, that would give us a little bit of a scare if they would get Andre Drummond over there. Yep, I agree. And uh, we're probably going to get out of here in about five minutes. Shout out to everybody in here. We got 305 people combined in both streams. Guys, like and subscribe right. on both. Appreciate you guys coming in. Let us know if you guys are enjoying the collab. We are planning a roundtable soon before the trade deadline. Um, yeah. about that. I think that's definitely needed. Um, but yeah, man, appreciate everybody being up in here. Yeah, 300 people. That's dope. On a random Tuesday, 1 p.m. All right. Yep. Gotta love it. Uh, I guess the last thing we could talk about, because I, I saw people asking this in the chat earlier, you know, what team are we scared of? Like, what is the top threat in your eyes um, that, you know, if we get to the playoffs, if we go to the second round, the third round, because I, I don't think, I think it's, well, I'm not going to say anything safe to say, but we're not, I don't think we're a first round exit. I, I don't think we're a first round exit by any means. Uh, no. The second, the third round, like, what team are you scared of? Whether it's the you know the way they play, the star power they have, whatever it is, uh, you know who who are you scared of? And let us know in the chat what you guys think. I'm gonna look at the standings right now just to just to get a clear picture of uh, who I might maybe should be scared of. Um, obviously Brooklyn, but you're not gonna see them. I don't think you're gonna see them in in the second round unless something drastic happens with the Sixers. Uh, you know, without Embiid, maybe falling off, having like a five game losing streak or something crazy like that. The way they're playing right now, I don't see that happening. Um, Milwaukee, because you know they started out slow uh, with a couple new players on their roster. We thought Drew Holiday and all the guys that they acquired was gonna take them to the top and they were gonna dominate. Um, I just. I don't know what happened with them in the beginning of the season. They've been hot recently. They're nine and one in their last ten. Uh, so Milwaukee could be gelling really well by the end of the season, by the time the playoffs start. And if they're still, you know, in the third seed, that would make us match up with them. I don't want to do the math, but either way, I'd be scared of Milwaukee. Um, Miami's coming around again. They're also nine and one in their last ten. I haven't even been keeping up with what Miami's doing. I got to catch up on that because what the heck happened over there? Dude, they've won, I think, 11 out of 12. They weren't even in playoff contention like two weeks ago, and now they're in the fourth seed. They're playing. They got healthy because everyone was out due to the uh, pandemic, and then everybody yeah. came back, and now they're firing, man. They they are firing right now. They're the hot. They're one of the hottest teams. I don't I don't want to play them right now. I'll tell you that. And they made a deep uh, they made a deep playoff run in the, in the bubble too, right? So so they didn't have as much time off as everybody else. They didn't have as much time off as everybody else had, at least as we had or some other teams had. So yeah, yep. I'm actually now that I look at this standing, this is why I do this because you know uh, I I turn my brain on when I look at things like this. Miami's definitely one that I would be scared of in the second round. Uh, if that would happen to be a matchup for sure. Yeah. You know who I would say? And and it's honestly, my answer probably won't change for the rest of the year. And it's not the top dogs or nothing. I am the most scared about the Toronto Raptors. I don't know why it never goes away, but it's the way that they play us. I do yep. not want to play the Raptors in the playoffs. I think it, Nick Nurse defense. It is. It is very annoying. It's it yeah. never just get annoyed watching a basketball game. It's like, oh my mm -hmm. god, every possession. They're they're literally if we played them in a series, they're gonna say, All right, Ben Simmons, Tobias, and Danny Green, <laughs> go beat us. We'll take Joel yeah. out. You got beat us. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a lot of people want to talk trash about that. Like, oh, he doesn't show up against the Raptors. Like, just watch the game. He can't show up. He has two guys on his hip before he even touches the ball. He yeah. it's I mean and it's crazy because I'm like, why don't more teams play him like this? But it's almost like they can't. I don't know what Nick Nurse does. He has some kind of magic defensive practice strategy or something. It's just crazy. And then they and then we can't swing the ball fast enough, and they fly out, and they rotate fast enough to get back. I think the Raptors, if they played everybody else like they played us, would, would be a lot better than 17 and 22 right now. You know what That's another thing sure. I think it is? Like, 
when I watch teams, how they play Joel Embiid, they wait for him to usually put the ball down and turn, right? The Raptors come, they, they're already rushing at him before he even thinks. And at yep. that point, he's like, all right, got to throw it out. Like that other uh-huh. game, I people were like, why is Joel Embiid, you know, not being aggressive? What do you want him to do? These yeah, they're do slapping him, and he just has to throw it out and live with it. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, then probably, and then probably Doc has to get more creative um, to get him the one on ones under the basket. You know, maybe maybe some uh, screens underneath the basket for Embiid, like those kind of plays. You know what I mean? Uh, but who knows, man? But yeah, I am gonna run up out of here. Got yeah. things to do. Yeah, Got to pick up my kid from school and everything else. I love doing this. Um, I love doing this. Uh, I love uh, com- um, collabing with you because you're very, very good at this. You know what I mean? And you you keep it interesting and the questions are interesting and the topics. A lot of some other people that I collab with or I have collabed with um, before in the past, um, it's like, what are we going to talk about? And there's like some dead air and we're like, shit, we got to think of something to say. And then we're like, ah, ah, ah. like, there's never like, I feel like we could sit here for three hours and oh, talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? This, so this hour thank you. Went- <laughs> is that that's a- not a shot to anyone else that, that i'm saying that rb runs the show like i'm not i'm not good at, at keeping the show going like I, I need some i need to turn my brain on i need to read some questions i need to you know what i'm saying yep hey but we're about to get out of here we got still got 280 people in here shout out to everybody guys thank you for coming through uh i'll be live later for the game dj will probably have a post game video out tonight or tomorrow i'm guessing um shout out to everybody coming through man be sure to like and subscribe thank you guys again and uh we will definitely get a roundtable going soon. So appreciate you for collabing with me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime. Later. All right, guys. Have a good night or a good afternoon. Peace. <laughs>